welcome to another episode of Open Us. This is the podcast about openness to new experiences. I'm Professor T, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Dr. Toomey. How are you doing this evening, Toomey? I am very good this evening, Professor T. It's a Sunday evening, which is unusual for us to record on. Yes, it is. It's quite a weird time of the week to do anything productive. It's usually the time where you sit in your arse and watch television and dread going into work, or maybe you don't if you actually like your job, or I'm not sure. But um, yeah, but it's the only time we had to do this podcast, so we're going to go for it now. Yes, this, this is actually cutting into my dreading going back to work time, so uh, yeah, let's just get going with this thing. <laughs> well... So it's, it's, I don't, I'm not really one of these people who actually dreads going back to work, but, you know, just the general existential dread that exists in everybody about the concept of working nine to five and, you know, having to do five days of work until you have your next weekend. I think that's something that everybody can relate to. Correct. Correct. I think it's a sort of a transitional period from the freedom and relaxation of the weekend. And then I think the evening of Sunday is just dedicated mostly to dread. Yeah. As Alan Partridge put it, Sunday, bloody Sunday. Yes. <laughs> Okay, um, so uh, do you have any updates you'd like to share with the listener in your personal life? Um, my personal life is quite good. I'm doing a little bit of extra work outside of my full-time job. I'm doing statistics grinds and uh, at the moment there's actually quite a steady flow of business so I'm, I'm quite busy with that uh, but it's going well. Brilliant, oh, good stuff. Yeah, you had told me about that all right, yeah. Yeah, but I won't bore, I won't bore the listener any further with that. No, except for our upcoming statistics episode. Yes, episode 14, Statistics 101. Try out new statistics that you haven't tried out before. <laughs> An ANOVA. I don't even know what that is. That's obviously a joke. <laughs> Analysis of variance. Yes. Um, now, Professor T, let me turn it back oh. on to you. Sorry. Yeah. You've been away. I have been away, yes. I was in San Francisco for uh, 10 days just recently. I got back a few days ago um, and yeah, I was on holiday visiting my sister. Also, I went over with my brother as well. So it was a family affair in San Francisco. Okay, very good. And I'm uh, obligated to ask you, how's the jet lag? The jet lag is kind of non-existent, I have to say. Um, so I was given, a, I would say, a sleeping aid for the flight home by a, a girl I met over there. And it was quite uh, helpful to me <laughs> on the flight. <laughs> so uh, I uh, basically got in, got in, sat down on the flight uh, about an hour into the journey in Aer Lingus. They give you your main meal. So I had my lunch slash dinner. Um, and then it was like a particularly empty flight. So I took said sleeping aid and uh, lay down across four chairs and... Woke up to the smell of my breakfast burrito, which had been laying on the floor near my head. Um, so they put it down where where I was lying down rather than my actual seat. And I could smell this breakfast burrito and it kind of woke me up and I realized I'd been asleep for seven hours. Wow, that is absolutely ideal. And of, and of course, uh, San Francisco, we mentioned in a previous episode about travel uh, that... Uh, you went to San Francisco after not having traveled abroad for a number of years, and it really sort of reignited your um, sort of not passion, but <laughs> your enthusiasm for travel. Is this your first time back to San Francisco since since uh, you went there and it kind of opened your mind, as, as they say? Yes, it is. That was five years ago I originally went, and this is the first time I've been back. And it was actually a completely different holiday this time. It did completely different things. So, yeah, it was, it was more of the same. I was just 
I, I love the place. Like it's a beautiful city. It's a really nice place to visit, um, and I'd imagine to live as well. And the people are generally quite friendly, and just uh, it's just such a difference from being in Dublin, dreary Dublin, in January and February. It's like it really felt like I was getting away from it all, which was the idea of the trip. So yeah. And you may have a completely unprepared, completely spontaneous anecdote to share with us from San Francisco. Is that correct? I, I can't think of any anecdotes, uh, unprepared or spontaneous or otherwise. But I will give you a bit of a rundown of the, the holiday, and maybe one will uh, appear from somewhere. Um, yeah, so it was Super Bowl Sunday was uh, on the a couple of days after I arrived, so that was a big thing. Uh, my sister owns a bar in San Francisco, and uh, Super Bowl is obviously a huge sporting event and popular in bars, so everybody was, everybody was kind of preparing for that. And uh, obviously me, having no interest in sport, uh, I sat on sat at the bar with a pint and kind of glanced towards the television a bit but you know I wasn't particularly interested in it um, and then it, like the nature of bars in America is people come down and sit at the bar next to you and they start talking to you and that's just kind of the way it is uh, much different to Ireland I think in that way and people are very friendly and talkative and just generally interested in talking to strangers which again is a bit different to Dublin or Ireland let's say if you're in an elevator I remember being in California myself and being in an elevator and people would talk to you in the elevator like th- just those little interactions it's kind of different that wouldn't shock me to hear that yeah so I was sitting up at the bar anyway and this bloke came in and sat down beside me and he just kind of made small talk he's like oh how are you, are you interested in the game and I was like, uh, not really, no. Um, and then I was like, do I launch into the whole thing that I don't like sport and whatever? And I was like, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not particularly interested. And then I just said, fuck it. Yeah, I was like, I don't actually watch any sport at all. And he's like, really? And he thought this was funny. And then he was like, you're from Ireland, are you? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, uh, he goes, what about Finn Balor? And I was like, well, <laughs> well. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> now that you mention it. So to anyone who's listening who doesn't know, Finn Balor is an Irish professional wrestler who wrestles in WWE. Um, probably the, the most famous Irish wrestler uh, of, of all time, maybe other than Seamus. But um, he's quite uh, prominently featured at the moment in, in WWE. And uh, your man was surprised when I said, yeah, I'm, no, I'm a huge wrestling fan. He thought I was being sarcastic. He's like, really? I was like yeah yeah i am actually i was actually just watching wrestling before i came out today which was true as well and uh he was like no fucking way man i I can't believe it because if you're a wrestling fan you don't really talk to too many other wrestling fans in your day-to-day life it's more of a thing you find out by accident about somebody and then you can bond with them and talk to them about it but i don't go broadcasting it around the place either because a lot of people still just think it's stupid and silly and can't understand why an adult male would be interested in it anyway um, that's a that's a discussion for another time but um so we were talking away about wrestling and my sister was serving at the bar and she's like, oh my God, I don't believe you're actually talking about wrestling. This is so embarrassing. Um, but we were getting into it. Like we were really talking about it. And then he told me then that he was gay. And I was like, all right, okay. And he goes, Finn Balor is my future husband, which I thought was pretty funny, pretty funny joke. <laughs> so we were just chatting away. And then this other bloke comes in who obviously knew the guy I was talking to. And he sits to the right of me. So you've got your man, the wrestling fan on my left and the other guy on the right. And it turned out the other guy was his boyfriend. And uh, I, I picked this up quite quickly and I was like um, oh uh, do you want to sit here and I'll swap seats with you and he's just like no <laughs> so I, was, I said all right then and by this point my wrestling mate had bought me a shot a shot of Jameson uh, but he just asked me that I want a shot and I was like yeah I'll have a shot of Jameson fuck up fuck it it's Super Bowl Sunday um, it was only like 2 p.m. or 3 p.m. or something but um and then we so I was like I turned around to your man I was like he clearly looks like he's pissed off so I was like are you sure you don't want to sit here I'll get up you can sit here he's like no no it's fine like being passive aggressive and I was like oh, fuck this oh Jesus Christ so uh, I turned around to him I was like do you like wrestling he goes nope <laughs> so I was like what the fuck am I gonna do here no and I didn't want 
I know. I didn't want to be rude and uh, and leave your man because we were having a great conversation. So then he starts. He buys me another shot, and then the boyfriend was clearly getting put out at this point. And I didn't want to be rude and turn down the shot either. So I took another shot from him, and we did another shot. And then my sister comes over to me and is like, "Hey, Fargo, do you want me to show you how to change a keg?" And I kind of knew she was dragging me aside for something. I was like, yeah, sure, okay. So she brought me into the back and she was like, I just want to let you know, you know your man is hitting on you. And I was like, um, is he? And she was like, he, he's just bought you two shots and he thinks you're amazing and his boyfriend is sitting there and the two of them are going to fight with each other about you when they leave the bar. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I wasn't sure, but like, I don't care. Like, I'm not reciprocating i'm just free having shots. a chat about wrestling <laughs> free shots yeah and uh, he was she was like i'm just letting you know that that's what's happening in case you weren't aware i was like well, i was kind of aware but not i wasn't certain and she's like okay just want to let you know i was like grand so i sat back down and it stayed that way for a while the boyfriend hadn't moved into my seat and we chatted for another five minutes and then the two of them left and the boyfriend was clearly in a huff so they probably did fight about me after they left the bar. My sister was probably right about that. So that was just, it was an interesting uh, exchange. Interesting. Yeah, it's uh, the classic uh, make make your partner jealous uh, situation that you see on Coronation Street sometimes. Exactly. And actually, do you know what? The bar actually quite reminded me of Coronation Street. Um, like the area itself might as well have been Weatherfield and the, the bar might as well have been the Rover's return because the same people <laughs> came in all the time, ordered the same drinks. They all knew each other. They all know each other's business, but that's how it is over there. It's not like, I don't mean that in a negative way, but it was like nearly everyone who came into the place knew nearly everybody else. And it was just that type of place. So and, and it was wh- interesting. When you were accepting these uh, shots, um, were you feeling uncomfortable or were you just kind of going with it? I wasn't feeling uncomfortable, but it was a bit odd because... My sister won't take any money from me most of the time, so you have to try and sneakily pay for your drinks. So it's hard to reciprocate by buying somebody a drink when you're getting your own drinks for free because you can't be like, uh, give me give me a free drink for this person as well. <laughs> so it's like, so I didn't reciprocate and buy him back a shot because I would have felt, I wouldn't have felt right doing it because I wasn't even paying for my own pint at that stage. So it was just a weird Which situation. inadvertently maybe uh, encouraged him to buy you another one because he, he probably thought you thought, I deserve a drink here. I don't know. I don't know what he thought. I, I didn't bother even trying to work it out. I just went with it and said, ah, fuck it. I'm on holidays. I can buy me a shot. Yeah, you're once. on your holidays. You don't have to overthink these things. You're getting free shots and a good conversation about wrestling. Exactly. So there you go. Very good. Very, very interesting anecdote there from San Francisco. Yes, and I, I actually, I, I have no piss politics stories to report on other than to say that a lot of the toilets in bars in uh, San Francisco are unisex. Uh, that's the only thing I noticed. So, like, one of the bars had um, two toilets and it had a male and a f- it had a, m- a female sign on one of them, but the other one seemed to have a, a sign that was scratched off. And I was waiting outside that one and I deduced that this was the male toilets and a girl was walking by who I had been speaking to earlier. She's like, you know, you can just go into the other toilet. I was like, all right. I was like, is that okay? She's like, yeah, they're all unisex. I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. But that seemed to be the case in a lot of places. So just a point of interest there. Um, and that's a great uh, <laughs> anecdote on side point. Um, is there a third? No, no, that's it. I don't have any other anecdotes or side points there. Could I just uh, ask you a spontaneous question about San Francisco? Yes, you can. Um, I We've just been through the election here, which you have, you were away for most of it. And the big issue was uh, the lack of affordable and public housing. Um, and there's kind of like a two tiered society, people who can afford a house and people who can't, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I've heard uh, there was the Blind Boy podcast. He went over there and he was uh, talking about the amount of homeless people and the, the price of property over there. Did you get any sense of that about the housing 
over there or were people talking about it or yeah i did actually um there are a lot of homeless people especially in the downtown area and they're a different kind of homeless to what we have over here they're they're much more outgoing let's say and uh they won't they won't um shy away from interrupting you for change some of them have quite creative signs that they've drawn up um some of them are quite humorous uh, a lot of them are war veterans who i'm assuming are injured from the war possibly the vietnam war some of them look to be at that age um so yeah they've a different kind of homeless than what we have over here i suppose in some ways but there were a lot of homeless people and yes house prices prices are enormous over there as well and rent is isn't affordable unless you earn a lot of money um just in even in um inner richmond where my my sister's bar was their house prices are for renting a one-bedroom apartment it was like twenty seven twenty eight hundred dollars um to rent a one-bedroom one apartment bedroom, so yeah so it was it's astronomical but then some of the apartments are rent controlled as well i'm not sure about how they end up being rent controlled it's not like in ireland where dublin is basically now all rent controlled um it's different than that i think it's based on buildings and age and other things like that um but yeah unless you have a rent controlled apartment or you're sharing or you're making a lot of money it's very expensive to rent over there but pe- a lot, most people seem to rent anyway um so that's very interesting about san francisco and maybe more information about it will about your trip will come up in this week's task yeah, very well might well my task was based over there so it's Quite likely. <laughs> yes, I would say 100% likelihood. Yes, I'd say that as well. Yes. Great. So let us reveal to the listener what this week's task is about. If they can't remember from last week, this week's task was about... Uh, visiting an island you've never been to before. <laughs> so as we said last week, it's a fluty, titan, toten, tea type of task that we're in. It's part of our life's, lives events that we're going on. And sometimes we have to do that on this podcast because we don't have the time to be doing other exciting new things. Other uh, shite. Other shite. We might as well do shite that's <laughs> at least we can fit into our week. Yeah. So it wasn't difficult for me to achieve this because um, there, San Francisco is on the coast, obviously, and there are a couple of islands that are within a short distance that you can easily get to. So Yes. And uh, it is the whole point of the podcast is about opening yourself up to new experiences. And there are lots of islands around Ireland, uh, like Ackle Island, Aaron Moore. There's Ireland's Eye and um, there's uh, the Salty Islands down in Wexford. There's loads of islands to to potentially visit, but I've never really visited one. Maybe when I was very small, I went to Docky Island, but I can't actually remember that. Yeah, I, I've never even been to Docky Island. I have been to the Aran Islands, one of them, maybe Aran Moore. We did that in school, but that was only because we went with school and I wouldn't have gone otherwise. Um, but yeah, so do you want to go first? Seeing as I've been harping on about San Francisco for the last 15 minutes. Okay, well, I'll dive in. I don't... <laughs> I was uh, very um, impeded, very impeded by the um, storms. So I, I planned to go out on two two weekends to see an island. So me and Liz had initially planned to go to Ackle Island because it's an island at the west coast of Ireland, just off the coast of uh, Mayo, that you can actually drive onto. It has a bridge that you can drive onto, and uh, it's meant to be very nice. And there's nice walks there. But uh, with the storm and the distance to Mayo, uh, that kind of put that off. So that was weekend one. And then the second weekend was this weekend. I had planned to go out to Ireland's Eye with Liz. Um, but the storm another storm so, so the first week it was storm brendan uh no so first week was storm kira and the second week uh this weekend was storm dennis um so it came around to saturday and a storm dennis was in full flow 
and I hadn't done my island task. Um, so we decided to press on ahead anyway. <clears throat> but um, we, so we ended up going to Bull Island, um, which is um, a, a titan, titan toe, shall we say. Um, <laughs> Fluty, not really an island. It's a, it's, it's a man-made island. Actually, uh, just a quick fact about it that nobody cares about. It was actually erected as a pier to stop silt and uh, pollution from the sea flowing into the River Liffey. So they built a big wall. Silt? Silt, yes. What is silt? Silt is like the, the kind of the grains, granular things that is in between sand that, carry, that can sometimes carry dirt and pollutants. So, so if you're out by Sandy Mount and you see the tide being out, you'll see lots of silt on top of the sand. So this was a this was a problem coming into the the river Liffey. It was kind of like ac- accumulating at the bottom of the river. So they decided to build a ball, a wall. Sorry, um. So it's a it's kind of like a pier they built and a wall uh, out to sea. So they built a bridge out and then a wall protecting um, the mouth of the river Liffey. Um, but over time, uh, kind of sand and stuff accumulated around that wall. No, Bull, North Bull Wall, it was called. And then that became Bull Island. Um, yeah. So is it connected to the mainland via a bridge still? Or how do you get out to it? Yeah, there are actually two bridges. Uh, a wooden bridge, the first Bull Bridge, was erected in 1819. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know, have that off the top of my head. In case and you're then, ever asked. Yeah, in case you're ever asked on an exam. And uh, there's a lighthouse out there. And there's another um, kind of up at the other end the sort of north side of the Bull Island, there's another bridge that's that's bigger. Um, so we drove out there in the midst of uh, Storm Kira. No, Storm Dennis. Sorry, fucking <laughs> messing up the names. Uh, Doesn't fucking matter. Anyway. Qu- all, they all have names these days. Just in a quick aside, uh, the Storm names 2019 to 20, they are announced now in advance. Have you ever noticed that? It's a thing now where these this, this yeah. Storm names are announced. Yeah, and it, it seems to have only started in the last couple of years, or else we're having more storms. But I see. I think it's just that they've only started naming them, and it's like it's bloody national news every time there's a fucking bit of rain or wind nowadays for some reason. Yeah, and it's a big brand thing. It's yeah, and it's, I, I think it's I think it's to generate clicks and things like that, and you know, like it, it all seems to be on internet based articles and everything is like a big deal like it's a fucking yellow storm morning big wow like but it's it's this world news all of a sudden hashtag storm dennis <clears throat> etc but uh, just on that i have the names so i'm going to just read out a few of the the remaining names uh, for this year so the first storm we had was storm ataya then we had storm brendan then we'd storm kira then we'd storm dennis and um, the next one will be storm ellen then we have francis then we have gerda gerda <laughs> what <laughs> And then we have Hugh, then we have Iris, then we have Jan, then we have Kitty, then we have Liam, then we have Maura, then we have Noah, then we have Olivia, then we have Piet, then we have Roisin, then we have Samir, then we have Tara, then we have Vince, Vincent Kearney McMahon, and then we have Willow. So I think... Does it go XYZ as well? Uh, no, it actually just goes to W. Okay. And uh, hold on a sec. So these are potential storms that may happen, that inevitably will happen. And these are the names on hold for these storms when they do happen. <laughs> yes. So they're, that's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. They're announced in advance, and uh, yeah, it's just, they make a big deal of it. And I suppose that's why all the media outlets are ready to go with the names as soon as the storm is coming. Oh, they're chomping at the bit. Yeah, they can't wait. 
Um, but like a lot of the names you will, you'd have heard already this year. So I, I just wonder when it gets down to like Storm Liam or Storm Mora, the weather will start improving. So we probably won't get a chance to, to hear about Storm Tara or Storm Vince or Tar- Storm Willow, which is unfortunate oh, for well. them. Sure, we can wait till 2021. Yeah. No, no, there'll, they, there'll be new names. Do they, do they expire? They expire and you go back to A each year. Okay, which is, All right. which is very sad for the, the people at the end. Anyway, so I went out in the midst of Storm Dennis uh, with Liz in the car and the wind was howling. It was hail, it was not hailstones, but torrential rain. And we faced out to the island, Bull Island. We would planned to go out to Ireland's Eye on a boat, uh, but it was actually, there was no boats going out there. Uh, Ireland's Eye has a bit more of a history to it. Um, <clears throat> so we went out there, we drove over this lovely wooden bridge and uh, it was actually very nice like it would, the, the, there was a lot of waves from the sea um, and yeah we drove out there etc but that's about it for Bull Island but one other thing here hold on a sec is there anything to do out there or do you just drive back there, on the other bridge there's, there's da, Dolly Mount there's a da, Dolly Mount Strand is out there so there's a big long beach uh, which is very nice there's, there's a couple of golf courses out there there's a coffee shop um really nice uh like vegetation you have the sea around you both sides there's lots of birds out there so it's it's really actually refreshing to go out there um but uh not too much more of interest me and liz were surprised because it was lashing rain we drove and we're driving around but the amount of people who are out walking in the torrential rain with on bull island on bull island yeah um and we're just thinking that i wouldn't have thought what Sorry, <laughs> I, I wouldn't have thought anyone goes there based on how you described it with silt and all that type of stuff. But, uh, maybe it's actually popular. No, it's nice. It has some nice walkways and stuff. And uh, you can see all the birds and the blah, blah, blah. But we were, we were just surprised that there was people out walking in the, the rain. And the, like there are people who do that, who would just have planned to walk maybe and they don't let the rain stop them. And then they go out and get absolutely soaked. And I'm just thinking, how is that uh, enjoyable? Well, maybe they all have podcasts where they have to forcibly do tasks every week. And by hook or by crook, they're going to get it done. Yeah, maybe that's it. Um, but maybe they're pluviophiles. Pluviophiles. I'm, I'm guessing you're going to inform us what this means. Yes, I'm going to yeah. inform you all. The pluviophile is a lover of rain, someone who finds joy and peace of mind during rainy days. So... I don't know if you've seen on YouTube where it's like a video of somebody walking around like Tokyo in the rain or someone walking around New York City in the rain. I don't know if you've come across that, have you? I can't say that I have, no. no. But there's, there's people who like to just, they go around and they walk around these big cities in the rain and they film it and it's just very atmospheric. It's, the ambiance is uh, very good. and uh, Atmospheric? Yes, correct. Um, so there are seven signs of a pluviophile. Um, the first, oh, Jesus. <laughs> the first is that you find comfort in the rain. There's something about the rain that just takes you to nirvana, it says. You can relax and be at state of mind with yourself. You don't feel gloomy when it rains, but instead you find joy and happiness. So some people like the rain. Uh, number two, you enjoy being outside. You don't care if it's raining. If you want to go out to buy some groceries, you will go out without any hesitation, just like it's any other normal day. But what you enjoy most is not reaching your destination, but getting there. Number three, you just don't want to bottle up that af- 
Sorry, you just want to bottle up that after rain scent. The smell on the streets while it's raining and after it had rained, after it had rained is something I just want to bottle up, says the author of this. <laughs> Luckily, there are some perfume brands that have tried to make that wet and rainy scent. Number four, you love the darkness of the sky. The author says, I personally hate it when it's sunny. The sky is so bright and, bl- and blinding and the heat stings my skin a little. Something you can maybe identify with from the Hoth task. Yeah. Uh, episode three. Number five. You never leave your window. I just love watching the rain fall from the sky. Wait a minute. He, he started talking in the first person now. Have you noticed that? I have he, noticed that. Yeah. Shifting yeah. between uh, pronouns there. Yeah. <laughs> so he says, he goes on to say, I love rain gazing, if that's even a thing. I love counting the raindrops on my window. I love watching the raindrops race to the bottom and see which one will win. I love watching the people outside either hate or enjoy the rain. <laughs> okay, a bit of masochism there. Number six, you don't mind getting soaked in the rain. I feel invincible in the rain, he says. Like I could do anything. I don't care if I get a cold the next day. I don't mind getting my clothes wet. I like feeling the water on my skin. And finally, number seven, you could listen to the sound of rain all day. The sound of rain is music to my ears. It makes a different sound every time the raindrops hit something different, like the metal railing on the sidewalk or the leaves on the trees. Whether the rain is light and soft or fast and hard, the sound is just so relaxing and nice to listen to. I don't need to blast my speakers on rainy day. The sound of the rain will do just fine. Good God Almighty! What uh, remind us of the name again? There, pluvio. Is that a V? Pluvio files. Correct. Pluvio file. Pluvio files or perverts, as they're otherwise known. <laughs> Correct. Right. And there was. Well, I went. Uh, I just one more bit of research about pluvio files. Um, uh, there was a question on an online forum. Uh, Do you like walking in the rain? And a pluvio uh, file named Michael, who describes himself as a keen walker, he answers. <clears throat> Yes, very much. More so than if it's too hot. If you walk in the country in Britain, you get into the habit of always having a good waterproof in your rucksack. It can be pleasant to know that though it's wet all around you, you quite, you yourself are quite dry. Rather like the pleasure of looking out of the window at the rain falling outside. The colours of grass, trees and wildflowers sometimes stand out more against the grey of the rainy sky. The disadvantage of rain, of course, is mud. But sometimes I think I'd rather walk in the rain on a path that is dry after a good spell of weather than in, than in good weather on a path deep in mud. Mud. Sorry, I probably... Well, Jesus Christ. Um, um, sorry, I think I went too far on that. No, it's okay. Uh, I mean, we all learned something there um, about Pluvio files. <laughs> <laughs> so I went out to Bull Island to, and I opened my mind up to pluviophiles. Pluviophiliism. Uh, yes. Yes. Right. Well, not to rain on your parade, but oh, I think we. Should, <laughs> I think we should move on. I think we because really I think we've probably lost half of our listenership at this point. <laughs> How long was I talking about that for? I think it was seventeen minutes. <laughs> I know. I'm only joking. <laughs> Interminable. Seven minutes, I'd Good, say. A healthy seven minutes. Okay, let me cue you up for your uh, island story. Professor T, will you tell the listener about how you got on on your island? Will you remind the listener what that island was and lead us out? Well, I can't remind them because I haven't yet told them, but the island was Angel Island uh, in San Francisco. So Angel Island has been many things over the years. It's in the San Francisco Bay Area, but it's most famous for being the immigration center of San Francisco um, or the immigration station uh, from the 1800s until the 1900s. Um, So 
at the moment, Angel Island is one of the official state parks of um, America. So you've got like Golden Gate Park, you've got Yellowstone Park. There's lots of famous ones. So it's one of the 50 or so state parks. So it's basically a tourist attraction um, these days. So uh, because it's a state park, uh, when you get the ferry over from the mainland, you're actually met by a park ranger in full park ranger regalia with the hat and the army-like uniform and everything. So that was kind of interesting to see. It's something like you just don't have in Ireland. Throw um, back to the Mountie, the wrestler. Yes, <laughs> exactly that type of costume, except it was green rather than red. Um, but yeah, so I went with my brother and sister. I kind of dragged them over uh, for my own selfish needs. They didn't really know it was for this, but... Um, yeah, I, I made us go, basically. Uh, so Did you, you say, I really want to go to Angel Island? Yes, that's exactly what I said. Okay. And, and I didn't question my motives. <laughs> Great. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we got the ferry over. So it's about six miles from the mainland. You go from Pier 41, which is down near the... Uh, like Pier 39 is a famous kind of touristy area in San Francisco. It's near Fisherman's Wharf and all that type of stuff. So it's close to that. Uh, you get the ferry over. It's like $20 return on the ferry. And you... Uh, I can't remember how long it was, but you go by Alcatraz on your way and eventually end up at Angel Island where it, the boat docks. And you're met by this um, park ranger person who gives you kind of a history slight. No, they don't give you a history. They kind of give you a bit of uh, information about the geography of the island and all the various trails and things you can do while you're there. So um, there is a, a visitor center then which gives you a lot of the history. And then there are like p pieces of historical content dotted around the island with plaques and um, stone engravings and things like that you can read along your way so um, just a few points of interest about it so it was basically built as an immigration or sorry they, they built an immigration station there in the 1800s and it was meant to monitor the influx of Asian immigrants um, so it was also previously, previously though, before that, it was used as a quarantine for uh, victims of the bubonic plague. So if you had the bubonic plague, you were sent to quarantine in Angel Island where you could recover from it um, because they didn't want you infecting people on the mainland. So they, they sent you out in a boat and kept you out there until you either died or you were cured from the bubonic plague. So uh, Interesting. Yeah, an interesting history. But yeah, as I said, more famously, it was the immigration station for San Francisco. So um, basically, if you were an, an immigrant trying to come from Asia into San Francisco, into the west coast of the United States, you had to go through Angel Island. And you were detained and questioned and grilled. And that was basically how they, they determined who was going to be let in and who was going to be sent away. So you'd have the people from the likes of Japan, India, Mexico, the Philippines, and a lot of people from China as well, trying to get into the US to escape their lives and have a better life, basically. Um, so it, it really was meant, though, to keep out Chinese immigrants in particular. So there was something in the US called the Chinese Exclusion Act in 1882. Um, this was uh, enacted so that Chinese people could not infiltrate the United States unless they were of particular professions that were desired um, and it was specific to China so the types of people they did want to allow in were merchants clergymen diplomats and teachers but they didn't want all of the lower paid low wage kind of uh, basic Chinese workers um, coming into the US because they felt that it would have a negative effect on the economy there was an economic downturn in 1870s in the 1870s in the US and they didn't want to exacerbate this by allowing a larger number of lower wage uh, people into the country that didn't have any particular skills. So, so basically, if you were Chinese and you were trying to get into the US, they made life very difficult for you. So 
what would happen is uh, the Chinese immigrants would arrive at Angel Island and they would subject them to uh, an interrogation. This could last for hours or even days. One person was detained for 22 months. That was the longest ever detainment and interrogation period for a prospective Chinese immigrant. Um, and they would ask you ridiculous questions. So they wanted to know, like, so, so these people would have to claim to be a, one of these professions if they were trying to get in, but they would grill you and interrogate you and try to make you slip up and make a mistake. And if they found any holes in your story whatsoever, you weren't getting in. So the likes of questions they would ask you, um, they would ask you things about like your hometown in China. They would ask you, who lives in the third house on the second street in your neighborhood? What color are the doors on the houses? Where was your bedroom situated in your house? Uh, did you sleep in a room with your wife? Do your parents also live in this house with you? Uh, what, what side of the house was their bedroom on? All of this type of stuff. They would document your answers and then they'd ask you another day the same questions. And if there was any inconsistencies in your story, that could be used to deport you or to de deny you entry. So basically Chinese people had a very, very difficult time trying to get in to the US. Um, and they really only wanted the cream of the crop of, of Chinese immigrants in Angel Island, or sorry, coming into San Francisco at the time. So it led to a lot of discrimination in the United States against Chinese people, which was unfortunate, but that it kind of, racism was born out of it because of the, um, because of the rules that were in place to stop immigration. Um, so the Chinese people kind of had to think of ways around this. So if they had somebody in the US, they would write to them and, they might try and get some inside info on the types of questions they'd be asked, or they might try to pretend to be a relation of a person who was already established in the US who was Chinese. And if they could pretend to be a relation of these people and they could get some inside info, they might have a better chance of passing these tests. So these people who went via this path were known as paper sons, paper sons and paper daughters. So there are lots of um, commemorative monuments and um, like eulogies and things like that to the paper sons of um, Angel Island. So that's all around the island. You see a lot of that stuff all around the place. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the, the story, the history of, of Angel Island there. Um, cool. And the Chinese immigration uh, difficulties they had. This was all lifted in, in 1952. They abolished this uh, immigration uh, law finally. Um, and obviously there is a large number now of, of Chinese immigrants in um, in San Francisco under a Chinatown, obviously, as well, and stuff like that. So, yeah, but uh, that's kind of just a few points about Angel Island. That's that's really interesting. And did, were you aware of any of this before you went to Angel Island? I think I looked it up briefly and read a couple of pieces of information about it, but I wasn't really aware of it. Other than that, it's just a really nice place to visit. It has, like, spectacular views, um, just really, really beautiful place uh, from a nature perspective and you're, you're looking out onto the sea you can see the mainland but it was just a that's that's a nice mix yeah so it was it was other than all of the history and kind of negative connotations it was just really nice to walk around and it was a beautiful day and san francisco is just beautiful the city itself and the more rural parts of it as well it's it, like it gives ireland a run for its money with views and things like that so it was a nice trip um, it reminds me of the Dublin bus tour when I wasn't really into the, the historical facts as much as you were. And you seem to have gotten really into the, the, the history of Angel Island. and uh, or, or was it just for this task? Or do you think you're genuinely interested? Because <laughs> it seems like you were. Well, I couldn't avoid it because it's like it's all around the place. Um, okay. So we, we were reading all of these facts. And because I had somewhat of a vested interest in it in order to be able to discuss it, I did take more of an interest. But... Generally in history, I would find it difficult to get that interested in it. But this 
was um, I, I had a reason to get interested in it because I, I needed to discuss it on the podcast. So um, it, it made it more interesting to me, if that makes sense. The other thing that I find interesting about that is how close like Japan and China and Asia is to San Francisco. Yeah, of course. Yeah, sure. yeah, it is. That's like you that's think if you're going to aim towards America, you're going to hit San Francisco. You're going to hit the West Coast if you're coming from Asia. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm looking at the map here. I like, put it up on Google Maps and it seems like Hawaii is right in the middle of Japan and uh, the West Coast of America. I, I did, didn't know that. I was kind of ignorant to that geography yeah, side, yeah. side of things. So it's, it's interesting. Yeah, well, you've just got the Pacific Ocean in the middle between basically Asia and, uh, and the US. Yeah, so it's, it's the next stop if you're traveling by boat. Yeah, and of course, at the north, you've got the Bering Sea. And then to the left, uh, sort of the west of that, you've got the Sea of uh, oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> And then south of the South Pacific Ocean. Yes, sorry. Yes. I didn't mean to be condescending there. I'm only messing there. <laughs> I don't know what I was going for there. You, you were a bit of a pluviophile there for a second. I was. <laughs> I was back. I was fluting. Okay, very good. Okay, so that sounds like you, uh, you went out to an island and you learned some interesting things and you had a great time out there, correct? Yeah, it was good. Although we missed the ferry on the way back because we went too far. Um, so we, we were kind of hiking around the place and we went too far to get the, the 140 ferry back. So we had to wait for another two hours for the next ferry. So that kind of dragged a bit because <laughs> there's nothing to do there. It's not tourist season. So the shop or cafe wasn't even open. And there's normally like a tram or bus thing you can take around the island again in tourist season. And February obviously isn't tourist season. So we were kind of sitting, uh, sitting around kind of... Um, bored a bit after a while then we walked around another bit and took some nice photos and all that type of stuff but um yeah and can the, you walk uh, around the whole thing in a day the whole island oh basically. yeah yeah you yeah. can walk around the whole thing no problem um some okay. some of the people who were there were more eager to walk than others let's say so uh, we didn't do as much walking as <laughs> um i might have done if i was on my own or with other people but brilliant okay i think we've we've done it then we've achieved our goals for t- for this week's task we've created an episode about visiting two islands <laughs> Yes, we've achieved that. And hopefully we still have listeners by the end of it. God damn it. Well, the, the Pluvio files will still be listening anyway. So we've, we've got their uh, listenership forever, I think. After that. <laughs> We're going to be hashtagging the Pluvio files at pluviofile.com or something. Some sort of yeah, all of the above. Correct. Great. And that was really interesting to hear about Angel Island. Um, do you have any... Thing else you want to share about this week's task or shall we close it up and move on no that's it for me great okay so let us move on to next week's task and we are going outside again and we are doing something that's happening as part of our lifestyles again um, and we are doing something that we have never really done before I don't think we've ever done this before we are I will let you reveal it Professor T <laughs> Okay, so we're going to walk from Ashtown train station to Minute, all along the Royal Canal, and we're going to walk without stopping, is the general plan, for basically four hours. Uh, one of our friends recently moved to Minute. I live in Ashtown, so we are going to walk from Ashtown to Minute, all along the canal, and basically 
go and visit our friend's new house but he's gonna get the train out to us in order to walk back and we're gonna walk out there and probably get the train back so it's about a four hour or maybe four and a half hour walk so something completely radical and um, i've certainly never deliberately set out on a four and a half hour walk before i don't think you probably have either so it's definitely something new for both of us yes and my initial reaction was no i don't want to do that that sounds like horrendous four hours walking uh, you balked you balked at the i balked at it <laughs> But I thought I'd force myself because I like the kind of the meaning of it. Our friend has moved out to Maynooth and there's something nice about walking out to him. And also it's like being with yourself and John and having a chat for four hours is outside of a pub is something very rare. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. And then we'll go to the pub in Maynooth. Yes. <laughs> yes. Get back to our comfort zones, etc. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what we're going to do next week. So if you'd like to walk to Maynooth... <laughs> Please join us at Ashdown train station. Sure, they don't join uh, in anyway. <laughs> no, no, of course not. Um, but listener, if you, if you go for a walk, there's lots of walks you can do. There are longer walks. There's one down in Bray. Uh, there's different walks, etc. That I don't have in my head. Um, yeah. Now, but, I mean, this is strikingly similar to when we walked in Holt, <laughs> but um, you know, it's different because it's such a lengthy endeavour. I think, and it's in one direction along a canal. The canal makes all the difference. Yes, it's canal, canal, canal walk. Which there was a there was a poem about that, the canal bank walk. Uh, Patrick Oh uh, Yes, there was. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, do you think they're convinced by that? I don't think so, but fuck it. Fuck it. It's our podcast. We'll do what we want. Exactly. Uh, so that's going to do it for this week. Yes. Great. We'll see you back here next week when we discuss our walk along the Royal Canal from Ashdown to Minute. I've been Professor T, he's been Dr. Toomey. Any final words? Stay open. If you'd like to contact us on social media ahead of next week's task, search for us on Twitter, it's at Open Us Podcast. On Facebook, it's also Open Us Podcast. On Instagram, it's Open Us Podcast. And via email, it's Open Us Podcast at gmail.com. Rashi talk my wrestling. This is so embarrassing. Oh my god, I don't believe Rashi talk my wrestling. This is so embarrassing. Oh my god, I don't believe Rashi talk my wrestling. This is so embarrassing. Oh my god, 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 oh my god